Tonight, I'd like to draw your attention to, to a New Testament book, the book of 2 Peter. 2 Peter in chapter 1 tonight, 2 Peter chapter 1, and looking at one verse tonight, in fact, well, starting off by looking at one verse, and then we'll end by looking at another book in the New Testament, the book of Colossians. But we'll start here in 2 Peter chapter 1, looking at one verse and really one word from one verse uh, in a sermon that I've titled, Diligence in Old-Fashioned Quality to be Dusted Off. Diligence in Old-Fashioned Quality to be Dusted Off. 2 Peter chapter 1, in a moment, we'll look at what the Bible says in verse number 5, second, or 2 Peter chapter 1. For many reasons, Diligence has become an old-fashioned word, an old-fashioned quality. And I say that uh, diligence is an old-fashioned quality to be dusted off because it seems as if this present generation is of the mindset that everything needs to be handed to them. No one wants to work for anything anymore. Uh, we've trained ourselves to work less and yet to expect more. Uh, we put in less time and less, less effort but expect the same results and, in fact, in some cases expect great results. We've built it into our minds, this sense of entitlement that we're deserving of certain jobs, we're deserving of certain opportunities, of certain positions, of salaries and advantages, and simply by virtue of having a little bit of knowledge. The idea of diligence has long departed from the minds of many because the thought of having to work hard towards achieving something is just not appealing. As a result, many have become increasingly lazy and never live up to the potential that God knows they should. And that's not to say that people today are not diligent at all, but the idea of being diligent has seemed to have fallen by the wayside. When we consider even just the history of our nation, and it was far from perfect, but there were a number of diligent individuals who labored earnestly to ensure that America is where it is today. Now, you can argue that we're not that great today, but we still are, and I will argue until I'm blue in the face that this is the greatest country in the world. Many of the names of those that were diligent who labored to see where we are today are, are well known because many of these people have institutions named after them, but an equal number of them are not known at all, for it was never their intention to have their work recognized or even praised by others. Many of these diligent individuals simply focused on one single goal, and rarely was that to be acknowledged and to be praised by men. And that is why many diligent workers who were foundational in just establishing this nation for what it is today end up flying right underneath the radar. A lot of these men never went to college, but they worked hard and they learned a trade and they mastered it, and their skill became so valuable, and their work is, see is still seen today. We have statues, we have monuments and buildings all across this great land that were built by the diligent work of men many years ago, and they serve as an amazing tribute and evidence of a job well done. I think in general, and you'll probably agree with me, we put less time and less effort into building things today, and as a result, things don't last as long as they once did. Vehicles, for one thing. It seems as if they're building them to fall apart in a matter of a couple years. Whereas 30, 40, 50 years ago, they were built to last. And some of those cars that were built that long ago are still on the road today where cars that are 10 years old are now old 
and are rusting out and needing to be replaced because they weren't built with the same labor and the same attention to detail that it used to be. And we're seeing that all across the board. Um, some might make the argument that advancements in technology allow us to complete jobs and even projects quicker. And while I'd agree with that, overall, as the years have gone by, there has been, I believe, a growing sense of apathy in the minds of people. We're less motivated to do work ourselves and to do hard work, expecting someone else to kind of come around and do the job that we weren't willing to do ourselves. And so diligence is a quality that we need to get back to. Even if it's viewed as something that is old-fashioned, it needs to be dusted off and it needs to be put back into action if we ever expect things to get done right. But diligence is more than just having a good work ethic. It's something that needs to be applied to Christianity as well. Charles Spurgeon once said, he said, A man cannot be idle and yet have Christ's sweet company. Christ is a quick walker, and when his people would talk with him, they must travel quickly too, or else they will soon lose his company. He also said, he said, The sin of doing nothing is about the biggest of all sins, for it involves most of the others. Horrible idleness. God save us from it. There's a lot of truth in those statements. For we all know that being idle never gets anything done, never gets us anywhere at all. But being idle does do one thing for you, and it wastes time. And it wastes time, which is something that you can never get back. So as we take a look at what it means to be diligent here, let's first understand what the Bible has to say about diligence. So you're open to 2 Peter chapter 1. Notice what it says in verse number 5. It says, and beside this, giving all diligence. Giving all diligence. There are several qualities that are mentioned there in verse number five. It says, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue and to virtue knowledge. We're only going to talk about diligence. But diligence and, and diligent means to make every effort, to act with urgency, to act with earnestness and eagerness, having a steady, energetic effort. A New Testament scholar by the name of Andreas Kostenberger explains how the idea of diligence is really at odds with today's culture. He said this, diligence is hard, it is tough. It is far easier to slack off, take an easier road, follow shortcuts, or simply give up. Diligence is particularly difficult in our fast food microwave culture. As Americans, we don't want to have to wait for results or labor and toil for future gain in the absence of immediate gratification. We want the maximum payoff for the smallest possible amount of labor. I believe that is absolutely true. But I also think it's worth noting that there is a big difference between being diligent and being a workaholic. It is true that diligent people work hard. And that's ex exactly what the Apostle Peter is advocating for here in 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse number 5. However, he wasn't insisting that we as believers just work obsessively. The biblical command for Christians is that they're diligent in following after Christ. The goal is not to just to see how much work we can do in total. The goal is to live a life of godliness that mirrors the life that Jesus lived. Christ didn't work 24 hours a day. He took time to sleep, to eat, to visit, to fellowship. He did all of these things, and he was still diligent in everything that he put his hands to do. Being diligent is not about working as hard as you can until you drop from exhaustion. It means working efficiently 
and also effectively. Now, the previous verses, which I didn't read to you yet, they explain how the power of Christ in the believer's life allows them the opportunity to rise above, rise above the troubles of this world, to escape and overcome the corruption that is in the world through lust. Now, God wants every single believer to have and to live a better life than the unsaved of the world. And one of the key ingredients to a better life here on earth is this quality of diligence. This better life with Christ is not found in those who are just trying to get as much done as possible, but in those who are trying to imitate Christ. Diligence in the Christian life suggests working hard, but working hard for the Lord, putting forth an honest effort, not simply doing the least amount of work so you can check something off of a to-do list saying that you've done it. Just like with anything that you're doing in life, you're not going to grow, you're not going to excel, you're not going to mature with just doing enough to get by. Some of us are guilty, though, of trying to skirt by in life by doing just enough. Just enough for people to notice. Just enough to show that a job was done. Just enough to meet the bare minimum requirements. God is not pleased with us doing just enough. And more than that, God is not in the business of rewarding just enough. God rewards those who are diligent, and he wants every one of us as believers to be recipients of the rewards that he has, because he knows that we will all have a much better life here on earth when we are richly blessed by his hand. Now, some think that all that God requires of us is to be saved, and once we're saved, then that's it. We can coast through life, we can reap all of God's blessings, and we don't have to do anything to do any, we don't have to do anything else on top of that. We don't need to lift a finger by being, by virtue of being saved, we will be blessed beyond measure here on earth. And that's not the way it works. You don't become spiritually mature the moment you're saved and you get all the spiritual maturity you're ever going to get. You work towards maturity every day of your life knowing that you will one day be perfect and complete in heaven. You're saved immediately the moment that you trust in Christ. You're forgiven immediately, but growing to maturity, there's a lifelong process. You don't immediately have all the knowledge of God bestowed upon you the moment that you're saved and have all the promises of God on how to escape the corruption and the lust of the world right away. All of that takes time and all of that requires diligent effort on our part. I want you to notice what it says in, in verses three and four here in 2 Peter chapter one. It says, according as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. God is giving us everything we need in order to live the better life here. Everything he, sa he says that is pertaining to life and godliness, he's literally handing it to us, but we need to actually work at it and earn it to have that maturity that he wants us to have. So this is what the Bible has to say about it. But secondly, I want you to notice we need to understand what the motivation is for diligence. How will I benefit from being a diligent Christian? What's in it for me? Notice again what it says in verse number five. It says, and beside this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue and to virtue knowledge. Now, this verse is clearly one part of a much larger thought 
And again, it's building off of the previous verses. I just read to you verses three and four, which tell us that there are literally endless riches and unlimited power supply that God is giving and making available to every believer. Again, he says there, according as his divine power, his power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. It's there. It's there for our taking, but we just need to take it. In other words, if you want to look at it this way, he, he literally puts all the money in the bank that you need to, to live off of the rest of your life. You just need to go to the bank and take it out. All we need to have to have a successful life and, and for a godly character has all been provided for us by God. And it's just there for our taking. I want you to look back with me at verse number three really quickly. I know I've read it a couple times here, but it's worth pointing something out again. It says, according as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue. Again, at the very beginning, it says, according as his divine power hath given unto us all things, all things. God hasn't left anything out that we need as Christians to live a successful and a godly life. He has all things covered and everything accounted for. And maybe I can explain this in simpler terms. God has provided everything that we need through his son, Jesus Christ, to help you overcome temptation, to help you grow spiritually, to help you develop true purpose in your life and to really be productive in this Christian life. God has provided everything that you need to be a better husband, to be a better wife, to be a better father, to be a better mother, to be a better sister, to be a better brother, to be a better son, a better daughter, a better employee, a better employer, a better student, a better witness, a better example. And the list goes on and on and on of all the things that he has done because it literally says, according as his divine power hath given unto us all things, everything that we need to have the better life here. The list can go on and on, and I can keep you here all night listing things off, but I think you get the point. All things. Everything is covered. God has provided everything we need that pertains to life and godliness. He's provided everything you'll need to make your life rich and full of his blessings so that nothing you actually put your hands to do when you're laboring for him will ever be done in vain. Now that right there, I don't know about you, but that right there is motivation to be a diligent Christian. Psychologists over the years have studied what motivates people the best. And their findings have changed with each study. In the late 1800s, one study found that people were motivated the most by money. Years later, another study found that people were motivated most by whether or not their supervisors took notice of their work. A later study found that motivation was connected to a person's core needs. And all sorts of studies throughout the years with all sorts of various findings and not one of them has offered any sort of lasting explanation because it changes with each study that they have. 
When we're able to understand what Christ has done for us, what he can still do for us, what he is offering us, the rich and full blessings available to every believer, and the plans and expectations that he has for us, we have found the greatest motivation for diligent living the world has ever known. Use the resources that God has made available to you. Find out his promises that he's made to you and start living the diligent Christian life. Two times in the first nine verses here in 2 Peter chapter 1, the apostle Peter references the word diligence with regards to the godly life. He's reminding believers of the great promises that we personally have in Christ and the resources that are made available to us to make us all better. The resources of God, they're they're not going to be just handed over to you simply because you're a Christian, but they need to be earned through diligent work. He wants you to have them, but you need to work for them. But how do we become diligent? Well, that answer for us is found in Colossians chapter 3, verses 23 to 24. And turn with me to this New Testament passage, Colossians chapter 3. This is where we're going to finish out our time tonight. Colossians chapter 3, verses 23 and 24, they tell us about how we become diligent. This may be a couple of familiar verses to you, and these are truly some short verses, but powerful meaning here. Colossians 3, 23 and 24, the Bible says, And whatsoever ye do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not unto men, knowing that of the Lord ye shall receive the reward of the inheritance for ye serve the Lord Christ. For ye serve the Lord Christ. These verses make it clear how we ought to live and who we ought to live for. Knowing how we ought to live, though, does not make it easy, does it? We need to ask for God's help to live the right way because none of us are perfect and we will all fall short of God's standard from time to time. The point is that we never lose sight of the goal. And it should be our goal in life here on earth to live and to honor God. Living for God requires diligence because you can't honor him with a half-hearted effort. Whatever the Lord requires of us, we need to do it with all of our heart. Holding nothing back, putting our absolute best foot forward. Living for the Lord means having no regrets. It means being fully engaged to please him with whatever it is that you're doing. Now, these two passages, Colossians 3 as well as 2 Peter chapter 1, I think they're, they're harmonized beautifully, and they need to be harmonized beautifully because they're, they're complementary one of another. One tells us to be diligent, one tells us what diligence looks like. And so with the rest of our time, we're going to take a closer look here at these two verses here in Colossians 3, verses 23 and 24, and we'll see four lessons here to practice every day as believers. Four lessons to practice every day. First, diligence is not limited to just a few areas of life, but it covers everything around you. Diligence covers everything around you. Notice again what it says in verse 23 of Colossians chapter three. It says, and whatsoever ye do. Whatsoever ye do. It's not limited to whatever you do at home. It's not limited to whatever you do at school. It's not limited to whatever you do at work or whatever you do at church or whatever you do out and about anywhere. It is about being diligent in all you do, whatsoever you do, wherever you are. So whether you're cleaning the house, whether you're mowing the lawn, 
whether you're doing chores at the house, whether you're fixing a broken pipe, whether you're paying the bills, whether you're preparing a meal, whether you're running a business, whether fill in the blank, anything that you're doing ought to be done diligently. Whatsoever ye do covers everything that you will ever do as a Christian, no matter who you are. It's often the case that diligence is thrust upon us without any sort of advance notice. We find ourselves in a situation that we weren't expecting to be in, and whether we want to be there or not, we need to be diligent because it says, whatsoever you do. You may not want to be there. You may not want to have to do this, but as a Christian, this is how you're supposed to treat things. Whatsoever ye do. We may not always realize initially why God has brought something into our life, what he's planning on doing, but it's our job as Christians to be diligent with the task that Christ has placed before us. Martin Luther King Jr. said it this way. He said, if it falls your lot to sweep streets in life, sweep streets like Michelangelo painted pictures. Sweep streets like Beethoven composed music. Sweep streets like Shakespeare wrote poetry. Sweep streets so well that all the hosts of heaven will have to pause and say, here lived a great street sweeper who swept his job well. Whatever it is that you're doing, wherever you are in life, do it diligently for the Lord. Whatsoever ye do. Whatsoever you do. So it covers everything around you. But second, diligence covers everything within you. Covers everything within you. Notice again what it says in verse 23. It says, And whatsoever you do, everything around you, do it heartily. Do it heartily as to the Lord and not unto men. To do something heartily is to do something passionately, is to do something intently. It speaks to diligence and it also addresses our inmost being. When we find ourselves in a situation that we don't want to be in, with a job that we never wanted to do in the first place, it can be very easy for us to be cold and indifferent. We don't like the situation that we've been dealt and we're going to make sure that everyone around us knows that. And it's easy to show that, isn't it? You can hang your head, you can mumble and you can complain, you can let everyone know that you're upset as you drag your feet and complain the entire way as you're doing the task and in your mind you're complying and you're being diligent because you're doing what's asked of you, but as you're doing what's asked of you, you're letting everyone know that you'd rather be somewhere else and rather be doing something else. Is that really doing something heartily as to the Lord? No, it's not. But this is often the mindset that many people are, are cold and indifferent and will find every reason not to work. Then you have those who are lukewarm. They feel as if they should be doing something else and that their circumstances should be different. Therefore, they're going to put little effort into whatever it is that they're doing and wherever they may be because their heart really isn't in it. They're not interested in what they're doing or even in the eventual outcome. They have their mindset on doing something else, but they're forced to be doing this over here. So they'll do the job, but their mind is going to be preoccupied in some other area. They have a job to do. They'll get it done, but they'll only meet the minimum requirements. No going above and beyond from these folks who are lukewarm because they're not too invested. 
And then you have those whose hearts burn within them, a, a heavenly heartburn, if you want to look at it this way. They recognize that there is a, a job that needs to get done and will do it well, and they'll do it well for several reasons. Number one, they don't want to have to come back and to fix the problem because it wasn't done right the first time. And number two, they want to put their stamp of approval on the work that bears their name. And number three, they seek to honor the Lord with their labors. So they don't allow the circumstances to change their work ethic. They simply roll up their sleeves and they're going to get busy doing whatever God has called them to do, even if it's not the area they were expecting to be in. Diligence requires us serving the Lord, not just with our hands, but with our hearts. Whatsoever you do, do it heartily. Now this is, brings us to our third point. Diligence involves looking up to God. Diligence involves looking up to God. Look at verse 23 once more. And whatsoever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not unto men. You may have an earthly supervisor that you have to report to, but the standard of your work, no matter where you're working, is the standard that God has set for you. The one you're really seeking to please as a believer, no matter your job situation and the environment and the setting that you're in, your supervisor is the Alpha and Omega. There may be some human person that you're having to report to who is going to come and observe the work that you're doing, but your supervisor at the end of the day is God. Whatsoever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord. Your supervisor may be the one who comes and he observes what you've done over the course of the day. He may even be the one who signs your check at the end of each week. Your, your supervisor may be the one who, who gives you a grade or signs something for you, but the one you're really, as a believer, concerned about pleasing and honoring is Christ. Now that should change a few things with regards to our personal work ethic, because the standards that our supervisors set, I promise you, will never be equal to God's. Therefore, we need to pick it up. And we need to work at being diligent in everyday life because God is not just concerned with you being diligent when you're at work or when you're at school or when you're at any other place that you may be. But he's concerned with you being diligent all the time, even when no one else is watching. When Michelangelo was painting in an obscure corner of the Sistine Chapel, one of his helpers asked him why he was painting with such detail and precision in an area where no one would be able to see. And Michelangelo replied to his helper, he said, God will see. You can go through life with an indifferent or a cold heart or a lukewarm heart doing no work or doing just enough work and you can be fully satisfied with your lack of effort or your little effort because you've received some recognition from people. But it will do you nothing in the eyes of God who is the one that we will all be accountable to one day. Diligence involves looking up to God and doing the absolute best for him, even if no one here on earth notices or gives you any sort of acknowledgement for what you do. Diligence involves looking to God. And finally, the fourth, diligence involves looking ahead. Diligence involves looking ahead. Look at verse number 24 here in Colossians chapter 3. Knowing that of the Lord ye shall receive the reward of the inheritance, for you serve the Lord Christ. Now, what this verse tells us is that the same God 
who, as it says in 2 Peter chapter 1, gives us all things that pertain to life and godliness, also plans to reward you when you live that way. Even though no one on earth may see your labors, no one on earth may acknowledge the work that you do, no one may put a plaque that has your name etched in it, no one may make a monument with your persona on it saying that this man was here and did this work and we're recognizing him as long as people come by for all the diligent work that he did. No one may take notice of the job that you've done, but God is always watching and God never forgets. Your work, the Bible says, is never done in vain when it's done in the Lord. In Hebrews chapter 6 and verse number 10, it makes this thought very clear to us. It says, For God is not unrighteous to forget your work and your labor of love, which you have showed toward his name, in that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. It may be hard for some of us to accept, but it's really amazing to stop and think about it, that our reward as believers is not here on earth, but it actually is awaiting us in heaven. And God is keeping a list of all the diligent work that you have done and all the diligent work that you are doing and will reward you accordingly. And believe me, when it comes to earthly rewards and heavenly rewards, you want the heavenly kind of rewards. Because as good as the earthly things are that he can give to you, and he does give plenty of earthly rewards, the heavenly ones are the ones that are going to last forever. Eventually, this life is going to come to an end and you're not going to bring the rewards that you have here on earth with you for the most part. The heavenly rewards are what he's promising us as we work diligently for him here. The more you pattern your life to honor and to please Christ, the less you will look at what you're doing for Christ as being work. Your work ethic will change in life. You will be diligent in all areas of your life. And as you become diligent, the blessings from God will begin to flow for God honors those who are diligent and who are seeking to please him. God is worthy of all of our praise and he's also worthy of our best effort. So let's see to it that diligence is dusted off. If it's been on our shelf and it has been collecting all this dust, pull it off your shelf, dust it off, start putting it back into practice again so that our Christian lives are characterized by living diligently for Jesus. I pray that we would strive to know him more and to follow after him daily. Charles Spurgeon once said, he said, if I have any message to give from my own bed of sickness, it would be this. If you do not wish to be full of regrets when you are obliged to lie still, work while you can. If you desire to make a sick bed as soft as it can be, do not stuff it with the mournful reflection that you wasted time while you were in health and strength. People said to me years ago, you will break your constitution down with preaching 10 times a week and the like. Well, if I have done so, I'm glad of it. I would do the same again. If I had 50 constitutions, I would rejoice to break them down in the service of the Lord Jesus Christ. You young men that are strong, overcome the wicked one and fight for the Lord while you can. You will never regret having done all that lies in you for our blessed Lord and Master. Crowd as much as you can into every day and postpone no work till tomorrow. Whatsoever thy hand findeth to do, do it with thy might. You see, when you put your heart and your mind to follow Christ diligently, You'll have no regrets when you get to the end of your life. Christians know that this life is not the end. And the life awaiting us is a life of glory for all of eternity. Sometimes sacrifices will have to be made. But understand that the reward that we expect to receive from God will definitely be worth it. For anything offered by the world is ultimately going to fade away. But what God offers lasts forever. Whatever it is that God brings your way. 
however small or however big it may seem, work diligently at it as if the Lord will come and inspect your work. Seek to please and honor God with your diligent effort. Maybe the house needs to be cleaned. Maybe the yard needs some attention. Maybe you need to put away the junk food and start working on that diet. Maybe you need to start reading your Bible more consistently or just start reading it in general. Maybe you need to be spending time in prayer. Whatever it is, do it heartily as to the Lord. Be diligent in life. Be diligent with the things that God puts before you and begin right away. It may be an old-fashioned quality, but it deserves to be back in style. God has given believers all things pertaining to life and godliness. So let's embrace God's promises. Let's embrace God's power and be diligent in how we live for him today. Would you bow with me in prayer? Heavenly Father, thank you for the opportunity to come before you, Lord, to talk about this quality that we need more of in our lives. Lord, I think at times we see glimpses of it, Lord, and we, we, we do the right things for some time, and then we often fade in our effort, Lord, and it shows. Lord, from myself, I know that there are definitely areas where I haven't been as diligent as I should, and I'd ask for your forgiveness, first of all. Lord, help me to set the right example. Help me, Lord, to um, be the, the diligent believer that I need to be in all areas of my life. And Lord, I pray that each one would desire the same here today. And Lord, there, I'm sure that there are things that we're thinking about where we have failed to be diligent as we consider whatsoever we do. Lord, there are areas that we need to be picking up the slack. There are areas, Lord, that we need more attention given as far as diligence is concerned. And let it be out of a mindset to honor and to glorify you, not because we're feeling obligated to do so. Lord, we love you, and we're just so thankful for how you have given us and promised us all that we need for life and for godliness. Lord, and may we embrace those promises as we live the diligent Christian life. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.